there are so many different kinds of creators, right? And when there have been many times where I have felt like I'm not, you know, like being flexible enough in what I'm comfortable doing. Um, there was a really long window of time where I was like, I'm not speaking to camera. Like, that's not my thing. I like to create a visual landscape that brings people like calm and peace and maybe inspires them. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, a bit of the way that I see the world and these like romanticized moments of nature and whatever. So that was always my approach. And that's why, you know, I, I really loved like the curation of it and the visual aspect of it and making it feel like a peaceful space to spend your time online. Welcome to the Sustain Podcast, where we discuss all things that exist at the intersection of design and sustainability. Are you intimidated by the zero and zero waste, but you want to live more sustainably? Are you inspired by elevated, timeless design? Do you prioritize progress over perfection? Then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jacqueline Tracy, the founder of Sustain, a home-focused, sustainable marketplace on a mission to build a more circular future, imperfectly, but collectively. Today, I had the honor of interviewing Jessica Manning. Jessica is a creator that truly inspires me in terms of fashion, style, interior design. She is my number one inspo. And I had such a fa fascinating conversation with her. I. I think it was such a good lesson for me in making assumptions about about people's lives and you know based on what they share on Instagram. Uh, she has a really unique story, one that I you know had assumed different, and uh, so I am really excited for you guys to listen and for the story to unfold for you. We touch on everything from sustainable practices that she implements in her own life to, you know, how she has gotten so good at curating uh, vintage items and, and piecing those together and into the, uh, you know, the interior design that really inspires me today. And I just feel so honored to have been able to interview Jessica. So I hope you, that you enjoy this episode and... Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sustain Podcast. We are welcoming Jessica Manning to this the Sustain Podcast today. So we're so glad to have you, Jessica. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Yeah, so so Jessica is a creator. She is a design influence in my life. <laughs> And, um, and yeah, I honestly, like, I'm just, she's actually been advising a little bit with sustain overall, like brand vision and as we build out our 2.0. So I'm just like so excited to chat because like I've told you, I've told you this before, but you're, you really are like in terms of design aesthetic and like kind of how you see the world and how you capture the world is so inspiring to me. And then on top of that, what I love about like your content creation specifically and like what you're putting out in the world is that you compared to other creators that 
you know, I followed is uh, you're like so grounded and humble <laughs> and, and it just shines through. It's like you, like you have this incredible talent and like eye for design and, and photography and lighting and all the things that go along with that styling <laughs> but go but on. <laughs> thank you so much that's very very kind um so yeah so that's so we're so what we're going to talk about today is we'll just jump all over the place but um but yeah i think i think where we can start is uh you know with i would say like our our main question about you know you you know deeply that like our philosophy is progress over perfection so even in like the creative consulting that we've been working on it's like that's we're trying to like build that into every you know aspect of the brand and so is there you know in what ways have you incorporated that philosophy into either like your own personal life or um or in the context of your business where you know progress over perfection because uh, I think, especially when it comes to cre- like creating and like putting things out in the world, it can be, yeah. you know, challenging. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I think. I, well, it's funny because when I when we first started communicating online and and finding ways to kind of like work together and collaborate, I when when I heard the progress over perfection um, sort of mantra or uh, philosophy that that sustain um, sort of lives by i was like oh that's kind of that's kind of what i'm hoping to achieve too i think it's very universal and i think that's probably why a lot of people resonate with what you're doing as well um because you know i think it's easy in any aspect of life to be seeking perfection and and i guess me especially i'm i'm someone who has who is a bit of a perfectionist um just naturally and that is something that i've definitely like I'm working to break that. And I do think that the, what I do um, now, um, which has taken me a while to get to this sort of career that I'm in now, um, lots of pivots and sort of changes, which we can also talk about. But I think all of that that's, that's led me to this point is definitely um, letting go of perfection has, has happened because I've learned to let go of that idea of perfection. And ultimately it doesn't really exist. And I think that understanding that is a big part of it too. But yeah, I think it's definitely been part of how I have tried to move forward in life. And it's definitely uh, in everything, I would say. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that. That's, yeah, and that makes sense. That that's like, there, that there's so much alignment there. And that's probably even why part of the reason that I'm like drawn to you as a creator too. Um, so, so, okay, so tell us a little bit about, because like, how did you get into, and in what how how would you even define because I know I'm calling you a creator and uh, but like how would you define like what you're doing today and then how you pivoted and kind of landed in in the job that you have now? Yeah, I I mean I feel like I have kind of an interesting like winding road. Um, ultimately, like, I guess going back even to like high school days and stuff, you know, when you start thinking about what you want to do moving out of out of high school and potentially into college. Um, I always had like a big love for fashion and design and I wanted to study fashion specifically and we're kind of on the business side of that. So I actually um, got into Parsons in New York and ended up going there for a year. Um, and I, I didn't end up going back because of financial reasons. I, I pretty much didn't really have any business going there financially in the first place, but I got in and was like, I gotta make it work, you know? So I went for a year um, in kind of the, like the design and management program and with, ultimately I was just taking like general courses and then that would lead me to some other direction, maybe working at a publication or something like that. 
Um, and then when I ended up back in Minneapolis, which is where I'm from, um, after that one year, I leaned into music, which was something that I also had always done. It was just kind of like a part of my life. My father was a musician, still is, but grew up with him doing music. Um, and that's kind of just what I leaned into because it was my other skill set and something that I knew I could do. Um, and then, yeah, so even in that, it was like this progress over perfection, this idea that I had for myself. I had to pivot because it just wasn't working in the way that I had hoped. Um, and so I kind of pivoted to music. And then as that was happening, this was kind of as social media was starting to come on to, you know, Instagram was launching. I think Instagram came out like maybe the, I want to say like the year, that first year of college or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Because I, I think we're about the same age. Or, or I yeah. think we're around yeah, the same I'm age. Yeah, I'm 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like around the same yeah. age. So yeah, I think, you know, like back in the days when we were like taking pictures of our bagels with like a rainbow filter. And, like, yeah, yeah. And the filters, you know, like, the filters were so cringe. Like if you think oh back, God, I'm like, like looking at my yeah. early Instagram photos. Yeah, I think, I, have, no, I think now I've gone back and deleted a bunch of yeah. them. Just Smart. to like, just to see, you know, just a little boost of growth. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, long story long, that's kind of how it ended up um I ended up in this in this job as a creator because as I was doing music, I was always posting kind of visual things on Instagram and curating it in a certain way because, you know, thinking like going back, that was kind of what I had envisioned doing in the first place was kind of being this curator editorial fashion mind. Um, and so I used my Instagram in that capacity before it was even a career, you know, um, and then eventually, you know, brands started reaching out and it started to become something that I was, you know, seeing opportunity in and then COVID hit, And I really like leaned into that as I stepped away from music a bit. So yeah, long story long, that's kind of how I've ended up in this sort of creator space. Um, I definitely like to lean into the content creator identity rather than the influencer identity. I think everybody has influence. Um, but yeah, I'm, that's essentially what I do. Yeah, I love that. That's actually really cool to hear because I didn't know about the fashion school. So was it, so was when you left, it, I don't know, I, I like love hearing it because it's such a, uh, it's it's like a non-linear, linear path. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. like, of okay. course, like all paths are like non-linear, but it's like you started in fashion, moved to music, and now you're doing, you know, like visual creation. And it's a lot of fa fashion, and and yeah. interior design too so it's like yeah. i feel like that makes sense to me that you're in these other artistic areas too um but so with the fashion school was it was it more budgetary or was it was it also like oh this isn't actually exactly what i want to do you know i mean practically it really was budget um i actually grew up quite poor um and i, I we always like said that we had like we were the people that had like the you know the cheapest house in the nicest in the nicer neighborhood my parents did work really hard to kind of keep us in good schools and things like that growing up which i'm so grateful for um but we really had nothing um and so going to college was also very much on our like my brother and sister and i it was always on on us kind of you know there were like some scholarships that we were able to get and of course like those like lower income scholarships we always got but again going to school in a city like new york at a school like mm -hmm. parsons that was very I mean, still is, but it was very, um, it was kind of at the top at the time because it was during the like Project Runway days and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is school in New York that, you know, you could study fashion. And that was, which 
also was part of the reason I wanted to go there, right? Like I was very influenced by pop culture at the time. Um, so yeah, all that to say, I it was definitely financial, um, but also looking back, I think it was, it, you know, things happened for a reason, I do believe that. And I think it was it was the right thing for me to not continue and to, to end up, you know, ultimately where I am today, but also in, in that in-between in music and like having that that time to pursue an art in that way and, and express myself in that way was very lucky, I think. Yeah, so, that's yeah. Yeah, that's honestly too, um, I would say surprising to hear because I think because of how you curate your Instagram and like I just feel like the inspiration and the style and all that like I'm like this belongs in vogue you know like it's like so to to even hear that you grew up you know with these financial constraints um and I mean because I would say like I follow your sister too and I'm just like these (laughs) you guys are like (laughs) so beautifully dressed so beautifully put together and so I think that I don't know it's actually like it's an incredible part of your story to me because I almost just assumed, which I shouldn't ever assume, but that you like came from a really affluent family. It's actually really interesting that you say that because growing up, I have like a vivid experiences and conversations with people that I went to middle school with um, who, you know, I, I definitely, obviously when you're a kid that grows up with not much, it's not something that you like wear as a badge. It's like very much something you try to hide and like pretend that you're, you know, just like everyone else or you Mm -hmm. don't have less than. Um, so in middle school, I remember I, there was one, there was one kid in particular that was kind of in our friend group and, and there I, one of my best friends at the time was very, very wealthy, came from a wealthy family, um, lived in a huge house and I spent a ton of time with her. And I think partly because I was associated with her very closely and also because of the way that I dressed and the way that I cared about how I presented myself, I always have been that way. I was like wearing blazers in middle school before that, like, <laughs> cool. Everyone's like, what? You know? I but love that. Was, like, I was like wearing ballet flats and blazers as as, as, like a 15 year old because I just thought it was like cool um which were all thrifted by the way so that's kind of like Mm -hmm. this tie is that everyone perceived me as yeah maybe being similar to my friend who had a lot um and I had a specific conversation with this guy friend in our group who he did it basically like I was saying like yeah I don't have much like I think someone assumed something of me and and I was like, yeah, that's not my story. I'm not at all like in that same boat. Um, and they were like, yeah, right. You know, like they just didn't believe it. And I think that's very fascinating. And I, I've heard that more than once. And it's been a pattern in my in my life and in schooling, especially that people kind of assume that I'm coming. I come from a different sort of background or something. Um, but I also think that it speaks a lot to my mom and and how she like I was thrifting my whole life before it became like a thing that people talked about doing right and it was embarrassing at the time I never spoke about it but all those clothes and things I was wearing at school were thrifted clothes um and my mom like instilled that in in us and so we've always had that like I think when you have when you have maybe less than others around you you're forced to be very creative and and um I think it it definitely like teaches you how to be thoughtful about how you put things together or how you curate things or how you make it work for you. Um, and so maybe that's part of why I have that skill, but, um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it definitely speaks volumes to just how elevated your design is too. Because I think it is just like the eye, like so even when you're 15 and wearing blazers, like I think it's like the curation and the like eye for design was it sounds like was fairly natural to you. Uh, but then probably just growing up thrifting too was another a different way of like, it was like, I mean, that's like creative stimulation in itself of like, how can I piece totally. together something instead of going to some store where it's, you know, kind of already put together, like outfits are already kind of planned right. out. And, yeah, um, it's like seeing, I mean, it was like seeing your friends, like all your friends at school wearing like the coolest new thing from Abercrombie, because that was like the time, right? Like mm-hmm. Abercrombie oh, yeah. Um, or actually Abercrombie, the kids. Store yeah, that's like, where that's where I worked in high school. <laughs> the kids like, Abercrombie. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd go shopping with all my friends, you know, at the mall, and we'd walk, walk in and out of Abercrombie, and I wouldn't buy anything because I didn't have the money to. And I, I babysat most of my life, even at a very young age, probably too young. And so I had some money, but I always was very cautious about how I was spending it. It wasn't at Abercrombie that I was spending it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, so I'd see my friends putting together these outfits from new stores and buying things at American Eagle and buying, you know, this and that. And and then I would go to the thrift store with my family and I would find, try to find ways to match the same look, right? But but from what was available on the rack of the thrift mm-hmm. store. So yeah, I, I think it, it definitely, it pushes that creativity and that sort of thinking outside of the box to make something, you know, something in, you know, into something new, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. Getting something new out of something old. Yeah, that's what, and I, that's actually what I would even, like, when I describe your design, I would say that it falls into, like, because you and I kind of worked on the interior design verticals that Sustain is focused on together, and so I would say you fit into a few different of those categories of, like, from coastal to eclectic to, um, you know, contemporary and modern, and, and uh, but what I, what I was drawn to the most with your design is the eclectic side where it is the mix of new and old and piecing mm-hmm. it together in this really magical way and so I think that's I don't know that story is really cool to me that you that's like that was your upbringing because um yeah. and and also I mean thrifting is so much more environmentally friendly too right. on top exactly. of that and that's and I feel like that is that is my you know my little back door into sustainability and the conversation of sustainability because you know, before it was a a bigger conversation, you know, on the internet and all of that, I didn't even realize, you know, everyone, as we've, as time has gone, we all try, hopefully, most people try to do their best to do, make sustainable choices or more sustainable choices and slowly get to a better place. Um, I didn't realize um, that I had been in many ways doing a more sustainable thing most of my life, not because I chose to necessarily, right, but it was, it was the only option. And so I think that's actually really cool in hindsight to look back and, and, and value that, that time thrifting with my mom yeah. in a different way. Oh my gosh. Um, absolutely. Instead of like all my like little Abercrombie clothes that are in the landfill right now. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which I mean, I, I should say I had a few of those too. Yeah. And, and, and you do what you can and you don't know when you're younger and all that. You know? It's like a very long way in that conversation. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah as a society we have, yeah. um, yeah. So, okay. So tell, tell me about where you, where you just like still on the same topic of like design and, uh, kind of like your, your background as a creator. Tell me about how you, where you get your inspiration for new ideas for 
you know, curating this beautiful, you know, even interior design of your house, how curating the clothes you wear, like, where do you get your inspiration for that? I, that's a good question. I mean, I think, unfortunately, I think a lot of inspiration now just naturally comes from social media because you spend a lot of time on it and, um, or I spent a fair amount of time on it. I, I tr- I'm trying to pull back actually and not like scroll as much because I don't think it's particularly helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I do, I do find pockets on the internet. I actually have found a lot of YouTubers that I have taken an interest in who do specific like design stuff. Um, Paige Wassel is, is somebody that I really enjoy watching. I, she's sometimes can be a little, um, little brash, but she, yeah, she just has like a very cool, like eclectic or, um, eclectic, uh, mix of things. Um, and I, I think that is definitely what I resonate with, as you spoke about before. Like I, I do like the new and the old and the character with the more modern amenities or, you know, like I like, I like that mix of things. And, and that's probably also because of, you know, how I grew up and how all of that, you know, played into, to now, but yeah, yeah, I think definitely the internet for inspiration, but I also take a ton of inspiration from just like really, I always say like like simple moments. Like I feel like even the older I get, I'm realizing that like that is pretty much to me what matters most in life is just like these like little simple things where you you know, even it's like like playing a, a board game with your sister or, you know, like seeing a bird fly into a nest or like just like whatever little these like little simple moments that pull us out of like this like kind of busy world of social media and like, you know, what this, what this person is doing and what that person is doing and what's coming next and this and that, just these like very specific little things that pull you into like now. Um, I take a ton of inspiration from that just in the way that I live my life. And I'm sure that that translates into how I design things or how I put together my Instagram feed or how I, you know, rearrange my living room or whatever. I just, I really enjoy like little moments. Yeah. Um, I love that. I really resonate with that because I've been doing like these morning meditation walks. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I try to do it every morning. I'm not perfect about it because some mornings I'm just like, I just want to listen to music (laughs) like, or I I just want to listen to birds or whatever and not be as like strategic about it. But, but typically I do walking meditations in the morning. And, and that is like when I don't do that, I really do kind of run into the day with like this like flurry of, you know, oh my gosh, all these things and consuming all this media. And, and that's, I love that you're sharing that because I think that on during the morning meditation walks, that's definitely what sets up my day. Right. Is when I'm like, wow, look at how the sun is shining on the river today or, you know, like the dew on the grass or yeah, just like things like that, that because it is, it's just hard to, I mean, we live in a very fast paced world and you and I both live very, um, you know, digital, we have digital focused businesses. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to get sucked into the, you know, just the speed of it all. So. And even when you're, I was just talking to my now husband about this. <laughs> it's still strange to say husband. Um, but we were just talking about this because, it, you know, even even in the moments where you're like, oh, well, I'm not on my phone or I'm not on a screen, like I'm, you know, I'm taking a little space for myself, like you're often still listening to music or, mm-hmm. um, you know, even reading a book, which of course is great, but I think it's really 
and I personally feel like I've been craving this and I, I feel this in different seasons of my life and, and even in different like parts of my cycle, if I'm being honest, like mm -hmm. I'm, in, mm -hmm. I'm like close to getting my period again. And I feel this like, just like lull in my body where I just need to find space to be. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. even just like laying on the couch with your eyes open and like noticing things, but without like having lyrics to listen to or you know a screen to look at like just being still um i think that's it's something that even if even if you're someone that you know actively tries to spend less time on a screen i think very few of us are taking time to just be still and do nothing mm -hmm. uh, without like creating a to-do list and you know and obviously like a walking meditation is great meditation is great but even sometimes like just being without anything yeah you know? Totally. Um, oh my gosh. That's like, I'm not there, that. but I'm yeah. definitely feeling myself craving that more and more. And, and I'm trying to find ways to lean into that as much as possible. Yeah. That's, I have, uh, my friend, uh, Krista Franks actually told me about this exercise that she does where she's like, I just close all the tabs in my brain <laughs> and I like, yeah, love that visualization. Sweet. And I have, I mean, I've done it now. Sometimes I'll fall asleep, honestly. Cause I'm like, once yeah. all the tabs are closed, my body's just like, okay, I'm shutting down. <laughs> like, yeah, but, <laughs> but sometimes I'll do it and I'll just, yeah, like what you're saying, just stare at the ceiling and it's really peaceful and it, it it's like it's amazing the space that it can give you uh, yeah. when you take the time to do it because yeah I think there's a lot that we um because we're so preoccupied with everything else in life and you know understandably like there's a lot to keep up with and it's expensive to live and you know mm -hmm. there are things that we that we have to do and that our focus is on a lot but I think when you when you find ways to really quiet your mind like that it allows you to often like for me personally like just like heal from things that I didn't even realize I needed to heal from like mm -hmm. just like little things like moments in my week that were like not great and like mm -hmm. that I just kind of like put away you know yeah so to find to have space to just like let it flow and and kind of like let it pass and like actually move through it rather than like putting it aside is very nice yeah I love that so much um, okay, so speaking of your husband now, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your your wedding? And from like from a sustainable perspective, you and I have talked a little bit about this, but um, like kind of from a sustainability and from a design perspective, like how did you how did you curate? You know, because it sounded like it went so like it was just the most magical day. It looks like the most magical day. Uh, yeah. And I think it's like, I would love for people to hear about, cause it, to me, what it sounded like from what I've heard from you and then what I've seen on your Instagram as well, is that it was just, you were really intentional about all of it, like every piece of it. Uh, and that's why it played out as magical as it did. Yeah, uh, well, thank you. I, I really, def I definitely tried to be very intentional with, um, as many details as I could um, from a sustainability perspective for sure but then also just from the perspective of like wanting things to feel really intimate and special um, and comfortable um, so there were like a couple aspects at play but um, we we always knew that we wanted to have a small wedding so that is that was kind of like the first thing was that we wanted um, something that felt very intimate um, but still felt like you know, like 
a good time and like not too small that it was yeah anyway we want we wanted to have like an intimate wedding so we had about 50 people um and it was like the perfect number of people we basically just did um immediate family and then like all of our closest friends from like our entire you know from our life um mm -hmm. we got married on our 10-year anniversary so we have also a lot of history together and uh. a lot of friends that have come at different points in that 10 years so that was fun to bring everyone together um but yeah i think uh in terms of the intentionality with people involved that was a big thing for us too was having and i think some people say to shy away from this but we we wanted to have friends and people that we knew in, on some level involved in every area that we needed you know people involved in um we wanted to do it that way um so essentially like the photographers we hired were like a friend of a friend and the florist i hired was a friend of mine in la that i've kind of like watched her floral business like blow up over the past year um and the wedding coordinator that we hired for the day of was a person that i used to work with at a restaurant in minneapolis who now has her own business so there was a lot of like the dj was my husband's old friend who's a musician who now lives in la so it was a lot of that intentionality but then also with just like sustainable choices um, in terms of, yeah, just like vendors that we used in terms of, um, you know, how many flowers we got and what was, what was, you know, both enough to like achieve my aesthetic look and the vibe that I wanted, but not so much that it was just a huge waste mm -hmm. because a lot of that stuff doesn't get kept at the end of the night. And that's just kind of the nature of that industry, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, so things like that. We also, we did our wedding at, uh, we kind of went the non-traditional route with the venue and we did like a restaurant wedding, which was a part of the reason we wanted a smaller wedding because we wanted really yummy food and a restaurant that we really stood behind. Um, and we had it at, we, the restaurant was done by The Lark in Santa Barbara, which is a really great like local farm to table, like as many local ingredients as possible, very seasonal food, um, delicious. Um, so like choices like that were really helpful, um, in, in just making it a more sustainable occasion than I think a lot of weddings can be. Um, obviously having a wedding in the first place is not a super sustainable choice. It's very, you know, it's, it's not a necessity. Um, but we definitely did our best to, to make choices along the way that like felt smart. Um, yeah. And like, cool. and like you're supporting the local community, you're supporting your own community. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And 50 people is, I mean, for, for a wedding, like the average wedding size in the U.S. is 167 guests per wedding. Yeah. So 50 is very, like, conservative for totally. a party. Um, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good number. I also think, you know, post-COVID, I think I'm seeing a lot more people go that route. Um, maybe not necessarily for, like, from a sustainability perspective, but for whatever reason, you know, from just, like, a you know having less less people to worry about and you know just that i think people are also just you know nervous now um, with larger groups understandably um but i do think it's kind of a nice thing that's happened is that we're just going in a slightly different direction and, and being more intentional like just having more intentionality in the decisions that we're making around a day like that um i think it's it's a good thing so yeah yeah and then you guys didn't do a registry either right oh no so we did not do a registry um, one of the things that was 
definitely not. The more sustainable thing is that we chose to have our wedding here in Santa Barbara and we are from Minnesota. So the, many of the people that did come flew, which was, you know, something that I thought about for sure, but it was a choice that we made to have it here and in the place that we live and in beautiful weather and all of that. Um, with the hopes that people would stay the weekend and we could have this like kind of like family and friend reunion thing that we would never forget it, which is essentially what happened. Mm -hmm. um, so that was great. But um, yeah, we chose not to have a wedding registry for a few reasons because partly because or mainly because my job is in the content space um, and I do receive a lot of product and a lot of things and we have everything we need. Like there is just, I didn't feel, it just felt completely unnecessary to have anyone spend extra money on us when we don't need anything else. And the only thing we really wanted was for people to be there. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a choice we made. Of course, there were, you know, people brought their cards and snuck things in there, yeah. <laughs> their cards and whatever. Um, but it, it, we really chose not to like ask for things because we didn't need them. Mm -hmm. um, so that I'm, I'm really grateful we chose to do that. Um, and yeah, we didn't miss, didn't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> that much. So, um, but I also understand that's a huge privilege to be in the position where we don't need anything. Mm -hmm. Um, we really have everything we need. And if there are little things that, that we could use, like we're able to just do those ourselves mm -hmm. and choose the, you know, at that point, choose this other option that feels best to us in terms of sustainability and longevity and all that. Sustain is raising a community investment round and you're invited to participate. If you love Sustain, believe in our mission, and want to become a co-owner of our rapidly growing company, visit wefunder.com slash sustain. Investments start at just $100. Yeah, and so so with you being a con like a content creator, do you can you speak a little bit about like how does that work? And just whatever you're comfortable with sharing, but like, how does how does it work to like for for you to be a content creator, like getting receive like receiving product, and then I know I know you because you and I have also talked about this, but I know there are some things that you even do again like intentionally to make sure that you're not like wasting or. Like I love, I love that you've recently been doing giveaways on your Instagram. So everybody should follow Jessica yeah. Manning on Instagram, by yeah. the way. Um, yeah, I love that you've been doing giveaways with products that you that you don't use. I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, just a little bit about like how that all works, being a content creator, how you've yeah. been working with brands, and then like the sustainability, you know, uh, route that you've you've chosen, you know, for for particular areas like giveaways. Yeah, I think, well, for starters, like this topic with, or this piece of my job is the thing that I struggle the most with. Um, and it's, I mean, as you can see, there are, there are, well, you can't, <laughs> listeners can't see, but you can see, Jack, but there are bikes behind yeah. me in my living room. The bike is beautiful though. <laughs> there, yeah, there's actually two of them. <laughs> they are very beautiful. Um and have very been have very graciously been given as a gift um, as part of the work that I do. Um, however, um, all that to say, like we live in a one bedroom apartment in Los Angeles, and um, although we are looking to move into a, a, a home that has a bit more space, um, it's it's very challenging to for the job that I do to be um, 
very tied to receiving things. Um, again, I'm super grateful for it, but it it's it's a tough line to walk because I try my best to be very thoughtful about the things that I bring into my home. Um, and sometimes I don't have that same, um, they don't have the same privilege of, of that lens when I'm doing a job. Um, so the ways that I try my best to, to sort of like combat that is, well, number one, just being as thoughtful as I can about the jobs that I say yes to. Um, I try my best and, and I will say, actually, I think I probably need to recenter this a bit because life gets busy and every now and then you have to kind of like, you know, yeah. recenter. Oh yeah, totally realign. Yeah. Yeah, realign. Yeah. Um, but especially when I started and when my work started picking up, I was trying my best to be very intentional about, you know, when a brand reached out to want to work together, doing my due diligence to like look into the company, what, you know, what are their sustainability initiatives? What are, you know, what are they doing for the community? Like, are they giving back in any way? Do they have any sort of like, um, like fundraising, like arms to their company, like all these things, um, that, you know, would just make a company desirable to want to work with and support as a consumer, which ultimately is what I'm, is what my aim is as a creator is to get to bring awareness to brands so that consumers can make choices about what they're consuming. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I try my best to be just thoughtful about who I say yes to working with and what I say yes to receiving, um, especially when it comes to like skincare products and things like that. I try my best to only say yes to the things that I really believe I will use. Mm -hmm. Of course, when you try something and it doesn't work for your skin, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. um, but but it does add up and it's it's challenging because yeah, it's, and, that's just like my biggest challenge with it. Yeah, and is it is it mostly that brands are reaching out to you at this point, or like when you got started, was it you reaching out to directly to brands? It was yes. In the very beginning, it, which how it, when did you start? When did you? Well, you said you started kind of sharing on Instagram even in college, right? Yeah, but that was, you know, that was really before there were like any partnerships or brands like, you know, working with anyone online in that mm -hmm. way. It was, a, it was all very like blog focused at that time. Mm -hmm. um, so when I started kind of like receiving some things for free here and there and all of that, that was probably, I want to say like maybe eight years ago or something, something like that. Mm -hmm. And at the time it was just like, oh my gosh, you want to send me like free skincare or you want yeah. to send me like the free workouts oh yeah course, i mean even so with sustain cool. the first time i ever got something free i was like oh my gosh did i just make it yeah i mean it, it, it was, was like... crazy in the beginning and yeah. of course in the beginning i was not when people were reaching out to do things to me i was just like cool like if i like it i want it and you're gonna send it to me for free like great mm -hmm. um but then as it started to pick up um and honestly pretty quickly it began it became so that brands were reaching out to me. And at this point, and for actually many years now, it's only been internal. So I don't really do any outreach unless there's something that I'm eyeing that I'm, you know, might go to the brand first before purchasing and say like, hey, can we do some kind of exchange here? Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense. But, yeah. but it's rare. Like I think, you know, all, all of my stuff is incoming, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but yeah, in the beginning it's outreach. Um, and then when, when it started to be more incoming, it was like, okay, how, there's, I have to like, you know, pick a lane here. I have to figure out how to like, number one, kind of like weed through this a little bit and figure out like what's actually reasonable to receive, especially when you're, when you're being reached out to by like, you know, 
seven skincare brands in the same window of time. It's like, well, I'm not going to use seven skincare products at the same time, you know, or yeah. seven oh my gosh, yeah. Time. So, and the skincare industry is, is definitely the biggest challenge I would say in all of this. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But yeah, so I, I just have done my best to uh, be thoughtful about who I say yes to working with, what I say yes to receiving. I definitely have, could use a recenter, I think, because as life gets busy and, and jobs get busy and, and, you know, you have a lot of things to shoot and things to, um, things kind of in the lineup, it, that's one of the things that unfortunately kind of sometimes falls by the wayside is like digging in and doing a little more research about the products themselves and the company themselves. Yeah. Although I do think across the board, I think I've set myself up well to, to be uh, seen as a creator that likes to work with companies that are doing better for the planet, that are have some initiatives in place. So I think for the most part, companies see that in me as well. And so they see an alignment and I tend to sort of lean that way. Yeah, um, that's, I mean, that's obviously why I reached out to you in the first place. <laughs> I was right, like, okay, right. she cares about impact. <laughs> like, let's see right. if we can work together. So, so that yeah. that is cool to know, but then of course there's you know there, there's a lot that just falls through the cracks. So yeah, well, and I think that's a that's another example of progress over perfection too, because I don't I don't know how you structure like payments or billing or anything like that, but I assume that with with some things it's like okay, well they're you know the money makes sense here, and so I'm gonna yeah. create content for the. So I don't know. I feel like there's just it would be very challenging to be like again like. Uh, unattainable <laughs> to be like perfect and yeah. in any space, yeah. but especially content creation and, and totally. this space. And I think that's, that's exactly the thing that I do tell myself when I feel like I'm like, you know, maybe taking on too many jobs at once, or there's too much, like when I, you know, leave for the day and come home and there's five packages outside my door in one day, I feel not great about that. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do try my best to be mindful of it. And I also try to give myself a little bit of slack and realize that, you know, we're all doing our best and we're all trying to earn a living and live a life and, and do those things in order to, you know, support the things that we care about and um, be able to make an impact on the other side. And I also think about, you know, it, it's kind of this, when we think about progress over perfection as well, it's like, it's like somebody being so, so, so hard on themselves because they used a plastic straw today on accident or they forgot to bring their, you know, and meanwhile, someone's like jetting themselves off to space. Like it's like yeah. that, it's that balance. <laughs> Just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. trying to level set a little bit and be like, okay, I'm doing okay. And yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You are, you are doing so much better than than so many creators too because i i have you know i've been interacting with 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 different types of creators and i would say like you're in like the top tier of intentional with with who you're partnering with and then how you're looking at brands and and the brands that you're really promoting you know on your own page too so i think that's i think that's really cool to see and you should honestly be really proud of it too because i think it's i think honestly it's it's important in today's age like there are a lot of content creators out there there are a lot of free product going around so i mean even with sustain it's like you know when we share product with with people like usually we'll do like kind of what we did with you where it's like hey here's just like a gift card you know, just right. buy what you actually need and what you'll use. Or sometimes I'll send, you know, if it's 
I've done this to a few like celebrity influencers well like reach out to their agency and I'll be like hey this pro these products xyz I think will really align with your client like can I send these and I I would say like especially celebrity influencers who are have like I mean I can't even imagine how many packages like there's there is often a lack of intentionality there they'll just be like yes go ahead and send it and then I like hear nothing and I've never seen them use any of the products and I'm like did that just go to the did I just like share something that just went to the landfill it just like as a brand it's I mean one it's like we're still trying to just build this thing so it's like just don't don't tell me to send something you're not gonna actually use um and then and then as a creator too it's it's like it's just it's it's really cool like I think that that's a really amazing thing that anybody who else else who's doing content creation can take from this is is yeah. like you know especially when you maybe it's not right away but once you get to a certain level you can be you can you can pick and choose who you yeah, decide you to work have with have an impact even though it still feels you know like well I could just receive nothing but but you know you have to also be realistic about what your job is and what and ultimately I think it does have a good impact on the end, hopefully, because if I am being selective with who I'm choosing to work with or who I'm choosing to talk about on online, and there are people that are being influenced by those things that I, and maybe making a different choice with their purchase, right? Like it does have, you have to sort of see the new. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's like a ripple effect. Yeah, Yeah, totally. So yeah, I think, I think ultimately definitely trying to do my best and, and, but there are things like, a brand that will ask for my for my address once to receive something that I said yes to, they now have my address and they'll, things will just show up. You know, mm-hmm. every time they have a thing or a launch, it'll just show up at my door without being asked. And those things, I do, I really don't like that. I would prefer for someone to just say, follow like follow back up. Would you like to receive this shipment? Would you like to receive you know um, the like kind of mystery mail that just shows up is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I try to be on top of that. And I have like posted a couple times on my story, just like you know, if you're a brand that's like wanting to send something, please ask me first. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that just like I'm like I don't even know how you have my address, <laughs> which is <laughs> alarming. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's likely somebody that worked at an agency that worked with me and moved to a different place. And, now yeah. I have, you know, yeah, yeah. my info. But mm-hmm. anywho, yeah, I think there's always room to grow. But but progress is definitely um, the name of the game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. So and then what do you think? Uh, so for content creation and um, just everything that you're kind of sharing with the world, like how do you stay motivated? Cause it is still like, you're, you're really on your own other than, I mean, I don't know if you do collaborations with like a little bit, I know you've had like some dinner parties and things like that, where it's like bringing creators together. Um, yeah. but how do you still stay motivated and, and consistent like in balancing it all? Um, I will say, so I, yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm my own, uh, my own entity, I guess, but I, I have recently started working with, or at the top of the year, um, I started working with a manager and that has actually been really nice, um, just to have like another person to like bounce things off of, um, and to, you know, when jobs come in, like talking to that person about, 
not only the like the financial side, but the, what the brand is as a, as a whole, does the brand fit who I am, you know, at, at the core, like, does it fit my like visuals? Does it all align and make sense? And so it's nice to have somebody to bounce things off of now um, in a bigger way. Um, but outside of that, like, yeah, I, I think it's just, I mean, just on like the community on, online is is helpful I, to stay motivated. Also, like getting offline <laughs> is really helpful to stay motivated. I think it. I think maybe there's and maybe this is changing now, but I think sometimes there's a misconception that people who work mostly online like just love to be online, <laughs> and I just think that's not true. No, At least not, in my case, it's not I true in my case people, either. Yeah, I think we're all doing our best to adjust to a life that exists a lot online, especially post COVID, when most people are like remote and they're not even with people in an office, and mm-hmm. which I think is great because there's flexibility but it also there are like downsides to that um and to just like being by yourself alone looking at a screen all day Mm -hmm. Uh, so again I mean I think it comes back to what I was saying before for me a huge part of just like staying motivated in life and in work and in my health and my relationships is to just like get away from the work (laughs) to get away Mm -hmm. from the screen get away from works go outside I'm a big 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 walker like I love walking yeah uh and I can also thank my mom for that. Now it's like everyone's on their hot girl walk or whatever they want to say. And I'm like, we've been walking. We've been walking forever. What have you been doing? Um, no, I just think, yeah, I think that it's just so much uh, simpler, I think, than sometimes we we make it out to be. Like, it, you know, we and we all go through ebbs and flows with work and creativity. And I try my best to just, like, let it happen. Yeah. Um, it, fight it too hard it is obviously challenging when I have you know a list of jobs that I have to shoot and they're due at a certain time and I'm just not feeling creative or motivated or like this is literally how I'm speaking to myself right now because this is how I feel right now Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been deep in the like menstrual phases um and like learning about those and, and like right before you are in your actual like menstrual phase or your cycle um there's like this like I think it's the follicular no the luteal phase um and it's it's very like your your body has is like depleted of energy and mm. it's just like in this big dip I think before. I'm in, I think I'm in that phase too right now yeah yeah <laughs> and, it, and sure. like, I've had friends who have talked about it and I've heard about it but I've like literally just like the past couple of days been like let me look into this a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm feeling these big waves and of course that has to do with how you know our cycle but um yeah, all that to say, like, I have a bunch of things that are that I need to be doing this week, and I just don't have any energy. And so trying my best to just, like, give myself grace and space to, like, even just go outside for a bit and then, like, come back and, like, do my best, you know? Yeah, uh, that's all you and, can do. Yeah, it's all you can do. And, I, and eventually, like, that motivation and the creativity, it all, like, comes back around. Like, it's never going to leave you forever, even though it may feel like it when you're in it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, just wait it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's such a good point. That's I feel like for for me with with creativity, like there was actually it was either last week or the week before I was just feeling so burned out creatively. Like I was just like, I don't have any I have no creative energy to give to anyone. Yeah. And and it is it was kind of like what you were saying before, where it's like the community motivates you. It like when I actually like like went out and like went to like an event did like a Reiki training session with a bunch of other women and and like went to this female you know focused 
community space. And I don't know, it was like the, once I had the community and like other creative people around me, it was almost like I was like feeding off of their energy. Um, but it was like, it it was also getting offline because it is. Yeah. yeah, And in like conversation like this, having like actual conversation with people that isn't about like just the thing that you're working on right now. And that isn't just about, you know, like what you're making for dinner or whatever, Mm -hmm. like these, like, you know, your kind of like tasks along the way, like just like just chit-chatting about things or like connecting with somebody, whether that's a partner or a friend or your mom or whatever. Like, I just think, I mean, that's like ultimately the thing that like connects us back to humanity and then in turn like inspires Mm -hmm. us again and makes us feel connected and creative and yeah. Yeah. I'm going to circle back to something that you mentioned before, because you were talking about the beauty industry and how that's actually like the hardest for you to manage. So I, I know that you shared a couple ways of like sustainable tips on the editorial um, that like interview that we did. Um, Mm -hmm. So would you mind sharing? Yeah, like kind of like what do you do with the extra product of beauty and then and then clothing wise, too, because I know you have like like strategies for each of those when you're like, I'm not going to use this. I'm, you know, already tried it. It doesn't work for me or it's, I didn't even, you know, this brand didn't even ask me to send this or whatever it is. So even with being, uh, you know, as intentional as I am about receiving, you know, certain beauty products and not receiving others and whatnot, um, it still really adds up. Um, and I always have like an overstock of things. Um, I also try my best to not like use too many products at once because it's not great for your skin. And I have, I have, experience that firsthand where I'm just like trying too many things at once because I want to try them and I really like beauty stuff so I it's very fun for me and exciting and I like the ritual of beauty and skincare and stuff like that I just love I think it's very meditative um so um but with that being said I still always have just overflow um so a few things that I do are um you mentioned earlier the giveaways I've done that a few times on my page where I just need to get rid of things and also don't want to hang on to products that I'm not going to use for a while um, for too long because a lot of these things have expiration dates and if somebody can use it within that window rather than it sitting here I you know that's great Mm -hmm. so every now and then I'll do giveaways on my Instagram where I just like put together like you know a couple big beauty bundles and you know two people win um, and I send it off and it's really nice because it's kind of a way for me to give back to to the people that are a part of my community and have helped me um, essentially are the reason that I get to do this job in the first place because they're present and interacting with what I put out there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is one thing. And then with the clothing, um, well, I actually back to the beauty with the beauty. Also, I, I give away a ton to my friends and my family. So I'll like every now and then I'll send a big box of things to my mom or I'll send a big box of things to, uh, my husband's mom or um, my sister-in-law lives here. And every time she's over, she can like, I'll be like, what do you need? Are you running out of anything? And Mm -hmm. if she needs a moisturizer, she can grab a moisturizer. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice to be able to do that for people in my sphere um, and just like, you know, allow them to save some money and not buy the thing and and use something that I already have. Um, So that's great. Um, And then a really cool initiative with beauty, like empties, like empty beauty products is I found out about this through uh, Jordan Santos, I think her name is, but her Instagram handle is Jordan Risa. Um, 
she is a great follow if anybody's interested um, with in books and sustainability and all those things and conversations about um, how we show up on the internet as women. Um, she has mentioned, she mentioned a long time ago, this program that Nordstrom has in place um, in their beauty section. They have like a recycling bin thing called, the, it's called Beauty Cycle, I think the program. Um, but you can bring in like cleaned out beauty, like skincare empties, like, you know, everything from like the pumps and the sprays and the tubs and whatever they have to be cleaned. Um, but you can bring those in and recycle all of those little caps and things that come with beauty products there. Um, because most bins in your you know typical recycling aren't, aren't, they don't have the ability to recycle all those things the way that they should be. So that is just a great program. I have a Nordstrom very near me. Um, so I just have like a, a tote bag in my front hall closet. And every time I go through a beauty product and I, I clean it and I, Air, let it dry and then I pop it in that bag and the second that bag is full I bring it over to recycle um so easy and it's just there you don't have to I don't know I will say I don't know like if every Nordstrom everywhere carries them but definitely just like check in with your local yeah. plates yeah and that um, is it the link is listed on the on the editorial interview that we did with you too on on the right. sustain website so yeah. i'll add that to the podcast notes too so that people can find it because it, yeah. yeah it is i'm pretty sure you're right that it's called beauty cycle and i think most yeah. nordstrom's have it i think so too mm-hmm. and, and sometimes they're not super um i've heard that they're not super like visible all the time like it's you know it's it's not a huge initiative necessarily it's just like this like cardboard box dump thing like a Mm -hmm. little garbage can looking thing um but if yeah if you're not seeing it just like go to the beauty section and ask somebody because it's likely there or sometimes they even have it in the back which i'm like that's strange um so (laughs) at a couple times where maybe they didn't get brought back out after they emptied it or something but they will take it so (laughs) that's a really really great program and i i love that um especially because i think there's so much more beauty stuff cycling now than there ever has been because of social media and because of all this you know just influencer stuff so mm-hmm. um that is on the beauty stuff um with the fashion stuff it's sometimes a little bit more difficult um because well i do give a lot of clothes to friends and family as well if, it, if there are things that i no longer use i also have very limited space in this in this apartment in terms of like closet space so if there are items that it's, it's actually a little unfortunate because there are things that I really love that I, that I would like to keep, but I sometimes just don't have the space to keep everything. Um, so I will gift things to friends and family, um, and let them kind of like pillage through things that I'm, that I'm either going to donate or, um, sell responsibly. Um, that is kind of what I do with clothing. And then, um, on the other hand with clothing recycling, there's another great program that I love, um, called it's called the take back bag um and it is by a company called four days that i believe is based here in california yeah Um, they're a sustainable brand um and they have these big bags where you can recycle fabrics and clothing um they just don't take undergarments but you basically like yeah anything that's like a little too like a little worse for wear and you wouldn't even like donate and honestly the you know a lot of donation places as we know like things you donate don't even end up on and, the floor yeah. and so there are they end up like at in the landfill yeah it is yeah. i feel like people think when they're dropping off like a box of whatever at yeah. a local place then they're going to recycle it properly but it's like a lot of that stuff just ends up in the landfill unfortunately yeah yeah so i think even if 
even if you're even if you're recycling clothing that's like in decent condition like that's likely a better use of a, a better way to do that than just dropping it off at donations mm -hmm. um because it may not end up at the floor so yeah um so yeah they have a great initiative too it's like a big bag i think it's 20 dollars that you pay for it online just so that it, it covers the shipping cost pretty much mm -hmm. um which i think is very well worth it um, totally and you just stuff it full with stuff it can be stained it just has to be like clean right and um and then you like fill it up it's quite large um slap the label on it send it back and they recycle it properly and turn it into new things like uh, you know insulations and things like that um also this is just a fun little thing that happens to be present in the area that i live but um or in the neighborhood that I live in, but our, when we first moved into the building that we live in, there's like a little like brick wall out front, um, kind of a, a short fence around our building. Um, and there were always like little things like sitting out on the fence, like clothing and mugs and things. And I was like, what is that? Like, is somebody, you know, like, what is this? Like, all this stuff. It's, like, it's like a yard sale then, or something. <laughs> yeah. And then it would be like gone, like in an hour. And it's just kind of, we've, we landed in a really lovely little neighborhood in LA when we first moved from Minneapolis. Um, and we've been here for almost three years now. Um, but it, there's just a really nice like community aspect in this little pocket that we live in. And it's sort of just like the known thing that like, you can put things on the wall and then like come and grab things if you want them. And so if there's anything that I, you know, might typically be like, oh, I'm gonna drop this at the thrift store. I'll probably just put it out on the front wall and within, a couple hours most of it will be gone if not all of it and if anything sits there for too long i'll like remove it and like get rid of it properly um but it, yeah it's kind of this like little community give back thing that's just like unspoken. i love that i love that yeah that's and i've so actually cute. like grabbed like little pieces of art and things that yeah. there. oh my gosh um, so you know that's also like something to consider in whatever area that other people live in like or having a yard sale or just having you know mm -hmm. a little community bin or something if you live in an apartment building like see if there's a place that you can set something up in the lobby where you know i don't want this but maybe someone else in the building can yeah use it. yeah so, that's such a good idea i should i should recommend that to my building i actually live in a green building so they'd probably be like very mm -hmm. open to it so they're yeah. really good about I mean, the building is just like, cert has all the certifi certifications and stuff, but they do have like battery recycling here and like oh, electronic cool. recycling and, and stuff like yeah. that. So I should just suggest that because honestly, like there's probably some good stuff here. <laughs> yeah. Or even if there's like, I've heard about these, these no buy groups, um, where, you know, you can like be a part of this group in your community. And if you need like, you know, whatever it is that you may need like oh i need a little bit of flour because i'm baking and i don't have any like you can like hop in there and someone will be like oh i have an extra bag that i've never opened like you can come pick it up and 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 then everyone can pop in and you just kind of like give back when and if you need something someone will help you out and if they need something someone else will help them out um so i think that's cool i mean even if it was like something like that you could have like a little yeah. you know oh my little gosh. group for the building that's yeah. like a no buy building group I love that. That's so great. That's a really good idea because it is. I mean, there's probably things in here that I just don't need that I could yeah. e easily be like, yeah, take this. There's probably flour right now in my cap in my pantry right. that I'm not using. Right. <laughs> that and even it's like going like, to expire you know, in like three months. You're cooking and you're like, oh man, I just need a lemon. And like, I thought I had one, but I don't. Like yeah. things like that where it's like that actually historically, I feel like like in, when I was growing up, I remember if we like didn't have something and my mom was cooking, it'd be like, go ring the neighbor's door. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same. And yeah. Yeah. Get it, you know, like, yeah. 
feel like that has been lost a little bit and I, I'm seeing it come back a little bit with like yeah these, like, little, I know, hope so I just feel like I heard the other day somebody say that that community is going to be like the new luxury in the future mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of like the it's like we have our online communities but there's still like isolation when it comes to like in-person community connection so I I hope you're right I think that that's I think that's really I think that's really important for human survival really and and you get you know a more sustainable uh you get more sustainability out of that and you also get that community aspect which yeah exactly leads back to more creativity and leads you back to yourself a little more than before and yeah yeah community community is everything oh my gosh it really is yeah my i guess my big question would be because there are a lot of I mean, because almost everybody's a content creator in some way today, um, are there any tips that you would share about, about like actually going, like being able to go full time and make this like a real career? Because uh, I think a lot, there are a lot of people trying, but um, I think you've been so strategic about and and again like and I just think like the word that comes to mind when I think about you is like intentional like even Mm -hmm. starting with from talking about your wedding to like what you're putting out into the world and so I think it's it's amazing that brands are you know directly reaching out to you I think that's a challenge for a lot of people so are there any tips that you would share for for people who are are trying to break into the space I think well a couple things I Firstly, I want to say that I think in many ways I got kind of lucky um, and I, you know, I for sure I was prepared as well. I think it's like, what do they say? Like when luck meets opportunity or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. whatever the thing is, <laughs> I think there's a little bit of that. Um, I, I think that I was like sort of my social presence was like kind of ramping up as COVID hit and there was, it was a big window of time when there were a lot more creators that that were able to go full-time because, you know, these big productions had to be canceled and they couldn't be, you know, these huge planned things were no longer happening. So they were outsourcing all of their creative needs and photo needs and video needs to individual people. And I happened to be in that time zone at that, you know, in that space at that time. Um, So there's definitely a little bit of that. I do think there's still plenty of space for people to do this full-time. I think the thing that I really truly can honestly say that I have been, um, kind of aware of from the beginning is that I don't want to, I never wanted to put so much time and energy into how many followers I had and like how large my community was. I think I just tried to show up authentically and I tried to show up consistently. That's a big, big thing is consistency. Um, I I had a, a moment in time where I, I kind of challenged myself to, to post daily um, and like to post on my Instagram feed daily. Um, and this was, you know, years ago before I really started doing this full time, but it, I saw huge growth, not in numbers specifically, I'm not talking about followers, but I just saw growth in people being engaged with what I was doing and communicating with me and building an actual sense of community on an online space. And that I think is, is like the advantage that you have in building this as a career is building a community. Um, and and building a trust with that community and sharing things that feel authentic and not just a thing that's paying you money, you know. 
So it's, and again, you can't be perfect with it all the time. I have definitely had moments where I'm like, how did I take that job? But <laughs> you, know, you do, you do the best you can and then you learn along the way. But I do think that consistency and, and honestly, just putting in a lot of like energy into it, like actually caring what you're putting out there. Um, I, I think there is a little bit of a misconception um, that it's a very kind of like easy, quick thing to get into. And it's just like fun and easy and it doesn't take a lot of energy and work. But I have, I was just talking about this yesterday actually with my husband as well. Um, Cause we have a family member who's kind of curious about it. And I, I was like, you know, it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I feel just like comfortable and confident in what I'm doing. And I feel like I've put in a lot of work and um, and I also still have a very small following compared to many, many people online, but I am doing this full time and it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the less that you focus on specific numbers and metrics, of course, that's part of it. Um, you know, you, when a brand's paying you for a campaign, they want to see that it's, it's worth it. Um, but they also are paying you because you're authentic and that you have, a you know, your specific voice, um, is something that they, they can't find somewhere else. Um, so yeah, I think tapping into like what really drives you and why you want to work in this industry. It, it shouldn't be just because you want free stuff, because I can tell you that's probably not going to get you to a career in this industry. Um, it should be because you want to build a community and you want to connect with people and you want to share the things you're passionate about and maybe find other people that are passionate about the same things or, um, you know, it's got to be for something deeper. So I would just say be consistent and like just find your voice and, and share yeah. that. Yeah, I love that. That's that is so what I have also been focusing on with sustain because sustain has a, you know, very modest following. And um, but what I've been I've from a number of advisors have shared with me, like, you know, just focus on the consumers you have, like focus on the community that you have focus on, you know, like the followers that you have, whatever that is. And and I feel like since I started doing that because I was so concerned because I didn't ever want to get into like content creation and I am like much more of a strategist and I just wanted to build a sustainable online store and like write about sustainable topics, you know, and I always got nervous about getting too sucked into the like creation and like the, even the community stuff intimidated me because I was like, I can't answer DMs. That'll like give me anxiety and (laughs) all this stuff. And, but now I love, I love that part of it because since, since I, there was like one person specifically that was like, just focus on the community that you have. And since I, since I started doing that and just trying to be real and authentic, it's been like much more rewarding for me and, and also has like naturally driven more sales and conversions even for sustain too because people are like oh you're showing up as like your real self and we really appreciate that and i can actually ask you for advice on something and like you you're the one who responds and and so i i totally completely agree with that i think the one other thing i will say with what you what you do is because i've always been curious about this is like the some of the videos that you shoot like i don't know how you do your planning around that but i would say that's like your other like easy to see from a brand perspective um value add is just like your your eye and like how you are shooting video how you're producing video or imagery is is very strategic and seems like thought out you know before 
you know, some people I think just go in and they're like, I'm just going to do this video about this product. <laughs> it's like, right, right. And I can tell from looking at the stuff that you create, it's like, it is very strategic in, in yeah. how you're creating. Thank you. Um, I think it's actually interesting because I, there are so many different kinds of creators, right? And when there have been many times where I have felt like I'm not, you know, like being flexible enough in what I'm comfortable doing. Um, there was a really long window of time where I was like, I'm not speaking to camera. Like, that's not my thing. I like to create a visual landscape that brings people like calm and peace and maybe inspires them. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, a bit of the way that I see the world and these like romanticized moments of nature and whatever. So that was always my approach. And that's why, you know, I, I really loved like the curation of it and the visual aspect of it and making it feel like a peaceful space to spend your time online. Um, so when it came to like, I, honestly, there was a kind of a window of time where like, that was more what the online space was. Mm -hmm. um, and then people wanted, you know, they, they maybe labeled that as l less real, right? More curated and more, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't know, selected. Um, and then the the more real thing was speaking directly to camera, raw footage, like, like nothing edited or this or that. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I think that's great as well. It's just not my instinct to do things that way. Mm -hmm. um, which is why like when we talk about like TikTok or something like that's very challenging for me and I'm like very much not present on TikTok. Yeah, like, same. I just <laughs> jumped onto that bandwagon because I'm like, that's just not how I know. I... And I try a little bit because mm -hmm. I think, you know, it, it's in it's the industry that I work in. It's it's in my best interest to like dabble and like mm -hmm. see if I can find a way for it to work for me. Um, but I'm not gonna force it. Um, and yeah. I think that's okay. And I think it's okay that, you know, you kind of do the thing that feels most authentic to you because ultimately that's the whole goal right like if speaking to camera and talking about things quickly and like not doing minimal editing is like more your thing and that's how your community resonates with you then that is totally what you should do but if you know being a little bit more um i guess like editorial or like just more curated and um like creating a, a, a visual product like a, a piece of art maybe um, mm -hmm. is more your realm um then stick with that and like whatever comes and goes and trends like will come and go but if you have your like true voice i think that that's always gonna you know permeate and, and people will find you um and i feel like i definitely have my moments where i'm like am i like not being flexible enough am i not leaning enough into like what's relevant now but i think i've just kind of stuck with my gut and like I just want to if I'm going to do this job I want to do it in a way that feels really good to me yeah. so yeah 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 I think that's so important I mean that goes back to even like how do you stay motivated it's like if right. you're if yeah. you're being if you're if you're feeling like you're being unauthentic by like mm -hmm. trying to force and push through trends and you know be present on talk like TikTok, because I even TikTok, I've heard I've heard people say that they the way they grew on TikTok was they posted fifty to hundred videos a day, every day. Yeah, and I'm like that like, would like that my which... mental and like <laughs> my mental health is so much more important than me sharing fifty to hundred TikToks a day. No, like, I know it's and the thing is like there's always gonna be something else. Like that's what I've had yeah. to like, but what I've had to realize is like there will always be a next thing. You know, mm -hmm. I think we talk about like, especially when we're a bit younger, we're like, I don't understand how like my parents just don't get it. You know? <laughs> like, but you get to a point where you're like, oh, like 
I'm starting to feel a little bit of that. Like yeah. in certain yeah, yeah. things, I'm like, oh, I'm like not in that generation now. Like mm-hmm. I'm a different, I'm in a different boat. And like, of course, like, you know, just lean into what feels good, but it's okay to like, just not be the person for, for the next thing. Like that mm-hmm. is totally okay. And there, there's a place for everyone in whatever industry you're looking to be in. You just have to carve it out. You, yeah. know? you just have to kind of like stick to it and not yeah. be, I think the thing is, if you start to question too much, then you're losing sight of what what you're doing in the first place. I think you really just have to try to tune in and, and yeah. find a for you. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think it's kind of just like testing and experimenting and like not being scared to fail and then seeing what, totally. what fits for you. Because honestly, what I see, I mean, one, we don't, we don't even know, like, is TikTok going to be banned? Like, it might be. Like, we have no idea. So, yeah, I'm not really not sure. So, uh, but on top of that, there's now there's like Twitch and Discord and all these other platforms. And I just think that it's going to be almost like these communities of people are going to be a little more segmented and yeah. not on like one main social media like it was when we were in college. Is there anything else that you think would be helpful uh, in terms of like sustainable lifestyle tips or uh, even share? I mean, we'll share the, uh, the editorial interview in, in the podcast notes so that everybody all the listeners can even read through because there are a few like your some of your favorite sustainable brands I know we listed on the editorial um a few different sustainable lifestyle hacks um but yeah just anything else that you you'd want to share I think for me I I would share that for me the you know the conversation of sustainability is one that can feel very very overwhelming and it can feel very embarrassing if you don't if you don't feel like you know what the right, you know, what the right things to do are or what the right companies to support are, um, which is number one, like where you come in <laughs> and why sustain is so great. And I really loved it. It's one of my favorite follows because I do learn so much, like just these like little nuggets of wisdom, or if somebody asks you a question and you share about it, I'm like, Oh, cool. I don't really know that either, but now I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's, you know, you can be someone that like specifically is like seeking out, all of this, but you can also be sustainable in just slowly making better choices over time. And when you learn about something, implement it, you know? And if they're, you know, if you're trying to like use less paper towels, like do your best to buy less paper towels or, you know, use recycled paper towels and use uh, reusable like dishcloths and then wash that, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's just these like small changes. I don't think sustainability has to be, this like overhaul you know i think if we can learn to just make small changes in your everyday life and like little things that you're that you're doing daily and you go like oh this doesn't feel like the most sustainable choice like i wonder if there's a better option for this like use that curiosity daily to spark that you know those small changes i just think it that for me especially that's been um that's been helpful because it can be very overwhelming and if you're not somebody that's like you know fully focused on that all the time or you have you know you live a busy life and you work in this area or that area or you have kids or whatever like I think the best that the best place to start is just like those little things in your daily life that could yeah. maybe just be a little bit better um yeah I think it just like it like levels the playing field it like lowers the bar a little bit totally and it allows everybody to be part of the conversation yeah I think that is such a great tip because that is I mean, it goes back to progress over perfection too, of just like not, 
like letting go of the guilt around it, you know, and just Mm -hmm. focusing on and like applauding yourself for those small changes instead. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, it's like the zero or nothing approach just does not work. (laughs) It's not sustainable. It's it's not sustainable. It's unattainable. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I love that. That's actually uh, so somebody asked me uh, recently, like, what is your what is what is success look like for you with sustain and or I can't remember how I was asked exactly but it was kind of like when was the when was the last time that you felt like wow this is really you know uh an impactful endeavor and it's always like my answer is always if people are just questioning like that's really it that's like what I try to spark it with sustain is just like just que- just question stuff, you know, just start to be like, oh, is there a better option for this? Just like you're saying. Um, and not like in an overwhelming anxiety driven way, <laughs> but just yeah. in a, a way that like you're saying where, where it's like, you know, if you learn something new and you just start to, you know, question or implement or and, and if you take a few steps backward, that's OK. Just keep, you know, moving forward yeah. and and focus on focus on that progress. So. That's yeah. such a great tip. I love that. Stay curious. Stay curious. Like that's, that's yes. The, like, that is the, uh, I mean, there's no formula to life, but I would say if there is one, like that could be it. Like it's, and it's something that I think we, we lose as we get older a little bit, like that, that childlike curiosity about mm-hmm. things. Like there's somebody I follow who has a kid and he's in the, like they keep saying he's in the why stage where like everything is like, why? and and I'm like it's so cute because it's like that's like the that is exactly it like that's humanity is like just like wanting to know more Mm -hmm. like questioning things like in conversations with people you're having like ask questions like be curious like get to know people build community like ask questions about the the way that our systems work ask questions about why we do things the way we do them. And I just think that always leads to, to something better because, you know, it's, we got, we were learning, we're learning something. Yeah. Yeah. And we were kind of given the society, you know, like it was just like, we're born into it and we're like, you know, it's just, I don't know. That's how I grew up was just always like questioning is, are these societal norms really healthy or, you know, is just the way they are? Yeah. Just because they've been this way. So Um, yeah, I love that. Stay curious. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining today, Jessica. It really means so much. And, and I truly do. I appreciate your help. I'm like, you know, we're slowly building this 2.0 version. And so yeah. it's just going to be so cool that like your creative consulting and, and visual, uh, visual, like aesthetic consulting will really, it's going to help really bring this to life because of the depth of the design that you you know curate and yeah, uh so so excited to be involved <laughs> so thank you for having me involved it was it was uh yeah was, we'll do more fun, stuff like new like dipping my toes into something that i definitely want to do more of so i'm really excited about about that opportunity so yeah. thank you yeah yeah well thanks for thanks for sharing your story and and yeah i'm sure we'll have you back at some point and i know already that we're gonna work on so many more projects together so <laughs> so thank so you much to come. So, so much to come <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Sustained Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any suggestions for future topics, please reach out to us through our website or Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review if you enjoyed what you heard. Your support means the world. Thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to creating a more circular future together, imperfectly, but collectively.